Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Well, that's some good news. Here's some good news for finally some good news about some health development. So that's that's great. Thank you so much, Gary. You got it. Coming up on 905 here on this Thursday morning, January 4th, 2024. I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed, and you're listening to News Radio WRVA. So one of the outcomes of the COVID-19 pandemic is that we got to have a nice look at what was going on in our educational systems and who's really looking out for our children and what they're actually learning. All the remote learning parents actually got a little sneak peek on what's going on. Dr. Andrew Bernstein, in August of 2022, wrote a whole book about our educational system, why Johnny still can't read or write or understand math, and what we can do about it. Good morning, Dr. Bernstein. Good morning, Karen. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. So what prompted you to write this book, and what research did you do as, as, a, as, a, as a doctor to determine whether or not we, our educational system needed a little reboot? Well, we hear year after year after year the dismal test scores, you know, whether it's the uh, National Assessment of Educational Progress or the international tests. Uh, and I teach college, Karen, so, you know, my students, I could see the decline. I mean, I have, I, I have you know, these are good kids. These are good American kids, but they don't, for instance, they don't know the first thing about American history. I mean, I could tell you some real horror stories if you want. Their writing skills are very poor. In general, you know, there's some some students are still still good. Some of the kids struggle just with the mechanics of reading. So I uh, wanted to dig in into the school system and find out what was going on. You know, I'm a lot older. I went to the public schools in Brooklyn, New York, in the 1960s, and looking back on it, they weren't very good then, but they're they're much worse now. So you know, I did a ton of research on this into the history of American education and the current state of American education. And it's the, the, the news is, I hate, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, and I hate to confirm what the media says all the time, but in this case, they're right. The American school system is, is, is in very bad shape. And why do you think that is? What did your research find? Well, we've got to go all the way back to John Dewey. Who's, and, and William Hurd Kilpatrick at Columbia University more than 100 years ago. Uh, Dewey is the godfather of modern American uh, schooling, you know, what, what they call progressive, progressive education back then. The key, the key thing is, um, in, in, terms, in positive terms, and what the educators are for, and by the educators I mean today, the, the uh, teachers' colleges or the schools of education, 
the State Departments of Education and the Federal Department of Education, they're the power brokers in the American school system. What they're in favor of has varied over the last hundred years, Karen, but what they're against has remained the same. And they're against the idea that education should be about training the mind. Uh, They uh, have warred against the use of phonics in the teaching of reading, the method that works in reading and why reading scores are, are so poor. They've had to dumb down the literature reading list since the kids don't read very well. Uh, by the time we get into our day, you know, 2024, we see a lot of what goes on in the schools is not academic training, not math, science, reading, writing, literature, history, but uh, is leftist propaganda. I see a lot of uh, uh, critical race theory. You know, I won't say teaching, that's the wrong word. Indoctrinating the kids with the idea of one that America is still systemically racist like it was 100 years ago during the Jim Crow era. And two, even worse, that white people are inherently, inveterately racist. See, a lot of critical race theory, global warming, man-made global warming is destroying the planet. You know, uh, socialism is morally superior to capitalism. A lot, of, a lot of leftist indoctrination in the schools today, whereas in the past it was we want, we want, instead of academic training, we want practical skills like hygiene and driver's ed, sex ed, we want vocational training, woodshop, metal shop. Uh, today it's mostly leftist indoctrination. Although, Karen, I want to say one last thing here. There's still a lot of really good classroom teachers, and some school districts are better than others. But in general, the trend has been toward, away from academic training and towards leftist indoctrination. We're talking to Dr. Andrew Bernstein, who's the author of Why Johnny Still Can't Read or Write or Understand Math and What We Can Do About It. And the, the thing that I can't understand is I know principals, I know teachers, and individually they are incredibly hardworking, dedicated, love their students, love what they do. But they're frustrated by the system. They're frustrated by administrative. They're frustrated by parents that don't support when a child is not doing well in the school and they seem to not be able to fail a kid that isn't doing the work. They're not allowed to hold kids accountable. And so there just seems to be a disconnect between the people that I see who are really good people and the system that doesn't seem to let them do what they do best, which is teaching their students. Do you see a connection between those two things or what do you see as kind of a solution to this issue? Well, first of all, I absolutely agree with you. I want to reiterate, there still there's a lot of good classroom teachers who are dedicated to teaching the kids who, you know, even when I was in school a long time ago, Karen, you know, that, that, that was back when Look Say was the method, you know, the Dick and Jane readers were the, the way to teach reading, which is a, a, an abysmally poor method. And even then, you know, a lot of the teachers were smuggling in phonics, you, you know, teaching the kids, teaching us to sound out the words, the, the sounds that, that the letters make, the, 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 all the sounds uh, that the combination of letters make, because they know that was the way to teach reading. And today, you know, they did away with history 100 years ago or more uh, and replaced it with this weird hybrid called social studies. But today I know that, like you said, there are dedicated teachers who will smuggle in history because they know the kids, they know the kids need to, it's important for them to, to know history. But the, but the, uh, the powers that be, you know, with, um, what was his name? Arthur Bestor was an American historian, wrote a really good book on all the way back to the 1950s called Educational Wastelands. He, he spoke of the uh, interlocking directorate, the powers that be, and, and they are, like I said, the teachers' colleges, the state departments of education, the federal departments of education, they're against academic training. They don't want, they don't want 
the the kids to to learn phonics and 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 so on and so forth. And so the dedicated teachers have to struggle against it. And many of them, here's really ominous news. Although oh, there's although there's some good news here too. Many of them get burnout and they they quit the teaching profession because of you know they wanted they love teaching they love the kids they want to be able to teach, but the 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 uh, the system the administration does not let them teach real cognitive subjects, real academic subjects. And we see in many cases, the best teachers will either retire from uh, teaching or, or go, into private, uh, go, go into private education or become tutors or things like that. The good news in all of this, Karen, is the rise of what today they're calling uh, the micro schools. And that is you get a teacher who's burned out by the system, who's as disgruntled as the parents are, who, with a number, with a with a few parents, of she'll, she'll often a woman, but sometimes a man. The teacher will will quit the <coughs> excuse me, cold, quit the system, start a school in one of the parents' basements or or dens or something for, you know, four or five families, eight or eight or ten kids. These are called micro schools. What they are is uh, small community schools, and, and this is uh, the, and they teach. You know, and they really teach the kids without having to deal with the administration's, uh, you know, uh, road, roadblocks and obstacles. And so I think this is, this is, <coughs> sorry, this is becoming so prevalent, Karen, that even Forbes magazine, uh, business magazine, did a story on the micro schools uh, a few years ago. So that, that's, a, that's an encouraging sign. I think it's one of the ways to, to vastly improve education in this country. So we had a state senator on earlier, and he's introduced some homeschooling bills. And one of the things he said, and I don't know if the statistic, I've not read the statistic myself, but homeschooled children score 80% better than students that go to public school. I don't know if you know anything about that statistic, but assuming that that's close to being true or is true, why would that be that homeschooled children score so much better? They do score better. It'll vary. The, met- the exact metrics will vary from state to state and year to year. But yes, homeschool students invariably score, score better on academic tests than uh, kids that go to the government schools. <coughs> Sorry. The reason is that parents generally, you know, as a general rule, Karen, parents have this funny idea that they want this, their children to be able to read well, to write effectively, to know history, to have strong math skills. They favor, the parents favor the academic program, whereas the powers that be in the school system do not. And this is why you see parents rallying at the school boards, or one of the reasons of anyway. So the reason that kids in the government schools tend to do poorly on academic tests is because the schools don't teach academic subjects, not nearly as widely or, or deeply as they, as they can or they should, whereas the parents at home do. And so... Uh, that's you know that's one great advantage of of homeschooling and and, and homeschooling co-ops are also, which are legal in in the conservative states, maybe more difficult to do in the in the leftist states. But that's where parents will combine their resources and they'll teach each other's kids. You know, like one parent is a, a, a scientist and will teach math and science. He or she'll teach math and science courses. Another parent is an avid reader and has an English degree from college and teach literature to the kids and so on and so on. They pull their resources. But the main, the main reason and why I think the solution to the education disaster in this country is parent power, that parents need to have full power over the education of their children, is that parents generally favor the academic program for the kids and the school system does not. 
Well, I'll tell you, I wish we could create a system where these incredible teachers and principals could create an environment where they can thrive because they do love what they do. My friends who are teachers, they absolutely love the students. They love all of the actual teaching part. It's all this other stuff that's making them completely exhausted and worn out and just done with the system. So I wish we could create a better environment for them to thrive. Maybe that would help things a little bit. Dr. Andrew Bernstein, why Johnny still can't read or write or understand math and what we can do about it. Available on Amazon, I believe also Barnes & Noble. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Bernstein. Uh, Thanks for having me on, Karen. And I think the environment you're talking about is done in the micro schools and these small communities community schools. So hopefully more teachers will contract with a few parents to start one of those uh, small micro schools. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. Thanks. Same to you, Karen. Coming up on 916 here on this Thursday morning, January 4th, 2024. I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed and you're listening to News Radio WRVA. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.